Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Welcome to a brand new week of bringing clarity to the chaos. This week, Pastor Douglas Stoffer will share insight into the theology that the church has become Israel. And staff evangelist Josh Davis will share how you and I can thrive under the threat of globalism. Prophecy in the News Live, our in-person conference, is coming to the Tri-Cities, Tennessee, Virginia area, Friday and Saturday, March 8th and 9th, featuring Bill Federer, Greg Patton, Dr. Kenneth Hill, Micah Van Huss, Larry Stamm, Josh Davis, Mark Lindstead, and Clayton Van Huss. The latest details on the march toward a one-world system will be revealed. Biblical mysteries will be uncovered, and you'll learn how to have true spiritual victory in the invisible war on the saints. Biblical artifacts from Israel will be on display with an archaeologist ready to answer your questions. Friday and Saturday, March 8th and 9th at Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Call 1-800-652-1144 or visit the events page at swrc.com. Tickets for this special event are free, but seating is limited. So don't be left behind. Register today. 1-800-652-1144. Now, here's our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino and staff evangelist, Josh Davis. Josh Davis, who is a very important part of the Southwest Radio Ministry team, has written a new book titled Rise of the One World Mind. I love the full title of the book, and I want to commend Josh for his outlook on things, very positive, and the title is Rise of the One World Mind, How to Thrive Under the Threat of Globalism. Josh had asked me to write the foreword. I've already read the book, and I heartily endorse it. This is a very important book on a very important topic. I really believe it's going to be a classic. We are facing so many draconian threats in our country and in our world that many want to say, stop the world, I want to get off. Praise God, we are going to get off the world, but in God's perfect timing. Until then, we want to thrive, and we can. And this is a book that will help you in that area. Josh, thank you so much for being our guest. Well, thank you, Pastor Larry. It's my privilege to join you today. And I do want to say a special thank you for writing that forward. That meant so much to me to have your endorsement and recommendation of this new book. Well, Josh, as we begin, what is globalism and why is it a growing threat? Well, globalism is just basically the concepts that we see developing in our world, how that we're moving to a one world system. The scripture speaks about that in Revelation 13 in particular how that during the Great Tribulation there will be a one-world government, a one-world economy, a one-world system of religion or worship, and we'll unpack all that as these interviews unfold. And what I see happening is that we are moving in that direction. The reason I call it Rise of the One-World Mind is because I believe that we are seeing the conditioning of our thought patterns to propel our world in this direction towards this globalistic system. And so globalism is basically seeing the world as one massive whole, whether that be a one-world government, a one-world economy, a one-world system of religion or system of worship. And so it's that 
overarching view of the world as this one whole. It's a growing threat because we see that there is this emergence across our planet and many, many players on this stage. You could look at the World Economic Forum. You could look at the United Nations. You could look at various government leaders in their own individual nations, including right here in the United States of America, where people are really pushing our world in this direction. They're causing us to want to think in these thought patterns. I believe it's going to be a hallmark of the biblical end times scenario as laid out for us in many, many passages of Scripture. Well, yes, this whole idea of conditioning, I think we see it. It's in the news and it's everywhere, and it is a a growing threat. The thing that concerns me very much is that a large number of America's voters don't seem to realize what should I say, how evil. People take their freedoms so lightly, and of course we've had wars, and men and women have died to, uh, to help us preserve our freedoms, and we're, we're just throwing that away and not realizing what this really means. I mean, every aspect of life is being affected. So I love your, your definition of globalism and why it is a growing threat, but you argue that some powerful people are using classic brainwashing techniques to change the way people, people think. Can you explain that in a little more detail? Because I think we see something like, like that almost every day. Tell us all about that. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. And, you know, the thing about globalism is it comes with a very hefty price tag. It removes the personal freedoms. And so what we're seeing happen is people are willing to give up their individual freedoms for a sense of safety, for a sense of security. America's founding fathers uh, were willing to give up the sense of safety and security to purchase, to preserve, to defend the freedoms that they wanted to establish. But today we're willing to give those up, to fork those over to the powers that be. And we're seeing the messaging come across. And why are people willing to give up their freedoms? Why are they willing to fork over? their freedoms, it's because they want that sense of safety and security. And so world leaders in some cases are latching onto this, and they're using fear and they're using guilt to propel people to give up their freedoms, to surrender those so that they can have a sense of safety and security. Let me give you a couple of examples of how we've seen that happen. And in the book, I draw on recent news stories and things that are happening. I want this book to be as evergreen as possible. That means if somebody picks it up 25 years from now, they could still understand the arguments. And so I shied away from sharing so much of current events within the book because it would be dated very quickly if I did that. But I do draw on some recent things that have happened to use that as an illustration for the kinds of things that we see happening And I think one of the great illustrations of this particular thing, how we're seeing brainwashing on a global scale, has to do with what we saw during 2020 and COVID, how that fear was used, guilt was used to motivate people to give up their freedoms, to surrender their freedoms so that they could have a sense of safety and security. And we saw that on a global scale, and we know all across the United States of America how that people were willing just to hand over their freedom so willingly and so directly to do exactly what the government told them to do every step of the way 
And that's a, a great illustration of how we see this brainwashing technique on display. And we see that uh, guilt is the weapon of choice, I think, for all these world leaders who are pushing this. It's not just with COVID, even with uh, folks like Al Gore, who is a, a climate change champion, and he speaks often about that. Back in 2023 at the World Economic Forum, he said this phrase, quote, look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act, end quote. And uh, he was using guilt and fear to push forward his solution and trying to motivate people to action through using climate change as his and guilt and fear as a weapon of choice. And so we see this happening. And how does, how does brainwashing work? And that's something that people need to be aware of. People need to understand. It works by driving a message of guilt to isolate and to disorient the person all the way till they get to the breaking point. And so just take a, a glass of water, for example. A brainwashing would deprive someone of water until they pass their breaking point. And the captor is saying, you can't have any water because you're bad. You can't have any water because you're bad. You know, with COVID, you can't come out of your houses because this right. virus. And, and uh, Al Gore and his messaging, on, uh, you could go down all these illustrations. You can see this at work in so many different avenues of our culture. And so when that victim passes their breaking point, the brainwasher then steps in with a glass of water. So now the thirsty man thinks that the brainwasher is his savior instead of his captor. And so the captor has ultimately redefined what is good and what is bad in the eyes of the victim. And so good becomes what matches the captor's agenda. And the good may very well be the opposite of what is freeing or what is healthy or what's in the best interest of the victim. But the victim is so broken, so disoriented that he realigns what he calls good with the captor's definition so that he can have right. more water. And we're seeing this right. happen across our world on a global scale in some of the tactics and some of the ways that people are using guilt messaging. I'm not just picking on Al Gore, but he used guilt, he used shame. As he said, look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come out just a few million refugees. What about a billion? So then he used fear to scare people into action. We're going to lose our ability for self-governance on this world. We have to act. And folks, he's using classic brainwashing techniques on this world stage to scare us, to get on board with his agenda. He turns to calling people names like science deniers, xenophobes, racists, and these terms are commonly thrown around to shame people to get in line. And I hope people's ears and eyes will open to what is happening and how people are using classic brainwashing techniques to get across the messaging driving globalism. Well, that's very perceptive that you would point all that out. The mind is very important. Disinformation and control of the media I believe, is one of Satan's weapons, and we have so many people in our country who have turned against God. They've, uh, they've learned to criticize the Scripture. We're, we're racist. We're narrow-minded. We're anti-science, and so on and so forth, that those who don't know the Lord or those whose um, uh, salvation 
is not well grounded in the eternal Word of God, I think they're very, very susceptible. That's why I think there are so many Christians, when, when I talk to them about what you're talking about right now, so many Christians, and I believe they're good people, they, I think they know the Lord, they, I, I believe they're saved, but they just seem not to be aware of what's going on, how they are being manipulated. And of course, with the control of, of the media, the drive-by media, as uh, Rush used to call it, people are just so blind. So we, we have to be rooted in the Word of God. We have to be filled with the Spirit. We have to have the boldness of the Apostle Paul, and even of, of, of Stephen, when he was being stoned to death, he said, Lord, uh, lay not the sin to their, their charge. And that's so wonderful, but we're missing that. And, and I think there are a lot of saved people in our country and in our world, but they have not been discipled. And I think that's one of the very, very important things about the ministry of Southwest Radio Church. We're certainly big on learning about prophecy, on looking at signs, on understanding God's plan for the world, and not just getting stuck with John 3.16. John 3.16 is a wonderful verse, but it's only one verse in the Bible. So friends, let's pause in our interview. I know you will want your own copy of Josh Davis's new book, Rise of the One World Mind. This is a very relevant topic. We see globalism all around us, even in our own country. We don't want to be a casualty, and we don't have to be a casualty. You will want your own copy of Rise of the One World Mind, our toll-free number, 1-800-652-1144. Just give our telephone operators a call, 1-800-652-1144, and we will send you a copy of Rise of the One World Mind. This is a going to be a classic. It's dealing with a very important issue in our world that we're facing, and it's also focusing and showing us and revealing to us the weakness of the modern evangelical church today. And that's something that Southwest Radio Church is very much concerned about. The materials that we put in, all of the new materials that we're, we're broadcasting, is aimed at you to prepare you to stand strong. And certainly, this is a book that will help you very, very much. Once again, the toll-free number, 1-800-652-1144. Now, Josh, what does the Bible say about brainwashing? Does uh, God's Word offer solutions or advice to help us stand against it? Yeah, thank you for asking that question, Pastor Larry, because ultimately this book is not just a book of fear, and I don't fight fear with fear in this book. I wanted it to be a book of hope, a book that gives some purpose, some direction based on God's authoritative word to help people to understand that, yes, we do have great solutions for the problems that the world brings up, whether that be globalism or how do we walk in this world as we face all this uncertainty? What do we do until the rapture comes the last part of the book especially unpacks all of that. But even in the chapter where I talk about brainwashing and what's happening, I go to some solutions because I want to give people the answer. I don't want to just raise up questions and bring up fear and point out the negative and the bad that's happening in our world, but I want them to see that the Bible has the answer that we need for this day. And I think the answer to standing against brainwashing that we see happening in our world today is found in Daniel chapter 1. 
And I unpack that in the book and walk through that important passage of Scripture and point out several principles that Daniel drew on to help him to take a stand. You see, you remember how Daniel was a teenager, and he and his friends were taken as Jewish young men, taken into Babylonian captivity under King Nebuchadnezzar. And they saw some tremendous potential in these young men, so they bring them into this school, if you will, this leadership training program. For three straight years, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they were going to train them. And they weren't just going to train them, they were going to brainwash them. They were going to change everything about them, their fundamental identity as people. They didn't want them to think Jewish thoughts anymore. They didn't want them to worship Yahweh anymore. They didn't want them to even speak the Hebrew language anymore. They were trying to change their language, trying to change their identity, trying to change their diet, trying to change absolutely everything about them. And they didn't do it, and this is an important point, Pastor Larry, they didn't do it in a negative way. They didn't come and say, oh, that stuff from your homeland is awful, it's terrible. They said, we're going to give you the king's diet. You're going to eat the very best that we have to offer. We're going to give you the best education. We're going to give you the best training. We're going to give you access to all of these phenomenal resources. We're going to give you prestige. We're going to give you a position. They did it through promising all these beautiful, shiny promises. And we see the exact same thing happening on our world scale today, Pastor Larry, because it's not about the negative, oh, uh, you individualists or you people who love America first or you people who love Jesus, oh, you're the enemy, you're bad. No, they say, look at the future. Look at the possibilities. Look at all the bright, shiny, cool things that you can have and you can be a part of if you join us, if you unite with us in this world, in the future that we have planned and we have mapped out for us. And so we see that Daniel and his friends were faced with all these possibilities. There were some Jewish young men who were with Daniel, but we don't know their names. We don't know anything about them because they gave in to Babylon. They gave in to that system. They left behind God. They left behind that system that God had set up for them, and they pursued Babylon with their full minds, full hearts, jumped into the brainwashing, and became Babylonian. But Daniel, and the scripture says this, I think it's Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 5, and I think it's really the hinge of this whole passage where it says that Daniel purposed in his heart not to serve those gods. And he said that I'm going to serve the one true God. And, and how he objected to this was very, very intentional. It's Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So Daniel looked at God as being his ultimate authority, and he chose to honor God above anyone else and everyone else. And so how he objected is just as important. He was in no position to make these demands. He had no power. He had no authority over them. But yet he lovingly, respectfully said, let's have a test. Let me eat my diet for 10 days. Everybody else can eat their diet. And at the end of these 10 days, Let's see who comes out better. And that was a great idea. And I think God gave him that idea. He, he rejected the Babylonian system, but he did so 
in a respectful manner. And I think as Christians today, we need to do that. We've got a purpose in our hearts that we are not going to go that way, that we are going to honor God. But in our objection, we've got to be sure that we do it in a respectful way, in an honorable way that would honor God and that would not automatically turn somebody off. And so we need to take a bold stand against these brainwashing attempts of our day. But I think the Christian army is going to shoot itself in the foot if we don't do it respectfully like Daniel did. That's a very good point, because uh, we must never resort to the nastiness, to the vileness of the world. Sometimes it's very tempting to do so, but we must be very, very careful that we don't lose dignity, that we don't shame the, the worthy name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I think that's so very important. Well, in chapter 2, you discuss, quote, a world war on words. What terms are being used strategically and even in a manipulative way to move us toward globalism? Well, Pastor Larry, words are always changing their definition. That's just part of the nature of language. There's some words that we know that meant something else 50 years ago, 100 years ago. There's some words in the King James Version of the Bible that have changed their meaning, like the word meat. It doesn't always refer to what we think of like steak or chicken or turkey or some, some kind of meat. It can just refer to food. And that word has changed its meaning and, and language is always changing. But there are, as you said, some terms that are, are being intentionally used by people to manipulate and to transform how these words are used. And they're very subtle terms. It's terms that we wouldn't think a, a second thought about, but it's being used in a strategic manner to get people to think in a certain direction. I outline several of these kinds of terms in the book, and I'll only take time to point out a couple of them on the interview today. One of the ones that I see is cooperation. And I know people are thinking, ooh, cooperation, that's such an evil term. You know, what are you talking about? I'm not against cooperation. I believe that we ought to work together with others. As I just said, we need to be kind, we need to be honorable in how we disagree with the world and the world system, but the term cooperation is being used to paint a globalist picture that the United States of America needs to cooperate with the European states and and the African states, and all the world needs to come together. These businesses don't need to be in competition necessarily with one another. They need to be in cooperation. So when it comes to the different sectors, you talk about the healthcare sector, the automotive sector, the banking sector, financial sector, uh, whatever sector, government sector especially, they're saying, no, we need cooperation between government and businesses and healthcare. And so this cooperation, the term is being used in such a way that is saying we need to come together as one not seeing ourselves as individual sectors, but seeing us as a cohesive whole and working together in cooperation. There's several other terms that are along those similar lines. Another one is the word global. And I know people are thinking again, oh, global, oh, what a terrible term. But they use it in the sense of this oneness. To think globally is to think of the world first and foremost. To think locally is to think about your family first, your region first, your country first, 
That's why there's such an aversion to any kind of politician who comes along and says, America first, or the state first, or our city first. No, that's anathema to the globalist. And there is such a fight against any kind of political figure who comes out with an America first kind of agenda, especially I'm speaking to my fellow American citizens. But we see this on play across the world, that there's a strategic way that they use that term global to refer to this kind of system and bringing everybody together as one. So if somebody puts the needs of their family ahead of the needs of some family halfway around the world, they're being small-minded, they're thinking locally, they're not thinking globally. We're going to discuss this in future interviews, but there's a lot of Marxist and communistic principles at work that's underlying this kind of globalist system that we're seeing develop in our world today. One other big term that I think people need to be aware of, and I'm sure that they already are, but it's being used in a strategic way. I've talked about it already, but it's climate change. And it's interesting, we transition from global warming to climate change. And I think the strength of that phrase, climate change, is how vague it really is. And this is one of the weapons of choice to scare people into submission. Pastor Larry, my daughter and my wife like to bake on occasion. And uh, I was surprised with cakes, cookies, different things like that, that salt is often sprinkled in as one of the ingredients. And climate change is used that way. It's sprinkled in into these ingredients. And it's what drives the guilt, what pushes us towards a global system is often how they use climate change. I don't think the majority of these people preaching climate change messaging truly, genuinely are doing it out of care for the planet. I think that they're using it as a tool to get people where they want them to go. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Josh, for your book and for this interview. Tremendous stuff. Uh, we're looking forward to having you back on our next show. I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting with you. This is uh, tremendous material. I really appreciate you and your new book, Rise of the One World Mind. And friends, you don't want to miss our next program. Be sure that you tune in to your next Watchman on the Wall broadcast of Southwest Radio Ministry. The true church has the light of life this searching world desperately needs. Will we succumb to the one world mind or stand out as a beacon of light in the darkness? Be encouraged with a keen analysis of the problem and biblical solutions that will give us the needed answers in Josh Davis's brand new book, Rise of the One World Mind. This is not the time to go into hiding. Rather, this is the time to stand boldly upon God's truth. Some of the solutions offered in Rise of the One World Mind include understanding how the one world mindset is rising. You'll be able to discover God's blueprint for conquering this mindset in your personal life. You'll be ready for eternity. You'll be able to stand strong as a faithful watchman on the wall, and ultimately, you will be able to better focus on Jesus. Order your copy of Rise of the One World Mind and be informed and encouraged. Order your copy today when you call 1-800-652-1144. You can also order at our website, swrc.com. Rise of the One World Mind by Josh Davis. 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, we have more on the rise of the One World Mind with Josh Davis. So be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app, 
or by subscribing to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.